The following podcast contains spoilers for Good Time and Eagle vs. Shark. You have been warned. Live. Welcome back, everybody, to KFR News Radio. This is your host, M- 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 I almost said Miguel Magusto. <laughs> Swapping it out today. <laughs> Did you hear that stutter, too? Oh! <laughs> Glenjamin Button! We're not, we're not even going to redo that. That's just how it is. Glenjamin Button and Miguel Magusto. There it is. There we go. <laughs> well, Hello. other than uh, dying for a second, how are you? Still dying. Okay. <clears throat> Holy hell. You need a minute? No, I'm good. Okay. Let's rock this baby. <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, you you, you, I, you know what? I have a question for you, as usual. Not a surprise. You, you ready for this question? Go ahead. Gone with the Wind is set during which conflict? God, why are these so freaking easy? You know, to be honest, I didn't see Gone with the Wind yet. So. Uh, it's it's famously uh, pseudo-racist, so that should I'm be able to help you. I'm assuming the Civil War, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Civil War. It's, it's an oldie. Yeah. Oh, man. <clears throat> I am waiting for the day that one of those stumps me. Just, <laughs> just waiting for the day. the day. Today is not the day. Anyway, let's let's get on. I'm, I'm just irritated. Have you seen any movies this week, Glenn? Uh, yes, and I do want to bring in a question here. Do we okay. want to add another uh, category to the Good Time and Eagle vs. Shark? Uh, Possibly. Which Which one? Godzilla, King of Monsters. Godzilla, King of Monsters. We can. Um, yeah, yeah, we can. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm down with that. So okay. uh, there's I have a little bit to say. I'm not going to say whether good or bad, but I'm going to. It'll. It, this, could either, it could probably be a short one. Go ahead. Yeah, this podcast will also contain spoilers for Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Okay, so I've seen I've seen a few, and okay. by few I mean two. Uh, <laughs> So I, for some reason, I've been watching a little bit of documentaries this uh, this past week. Um, so one of them was a YouTube documentary called Raising Kratos, which is mm. a, that new God of War game. It's a documentary of the behind the scenes and the leading up to the release of the God of War game. Cool. That, that was really cool, really, uh, really inspiring to see them try to bring back a story we've all well, most of us have heard before or played before and yeah. just really bring it into a new light. So that was cool. Um, and then uh, I watched The Godzilla King of Monsters, which we'll get into. And mm-hmm. then the last one I watched uh, was the uh, Netflix animated film Godzilla 3, The Planet Eater. So I finished out Ooh. the trilogy of the animated Godzilla movies. You've just been watching a lot of Godzilla going on. Well, I, I knew because the first two Godzilla or the animated Godzilla movies... They weren't really that good, and I knew if I didn't watch Godzilla King of Monsters, I was never going to watch the third Godzilla animated movie. So yeah. I was like, eh, I'll watch it. Okay. The trilogy well, sucked ass. I'll say that. <laughs> it was so dumb. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, we were in the middle of watching the Game of Thrones documentary before uh, before we were finally ready for KFR. Hmm. Other than that, I've only seen Good Time and Eagle vs. Shark. Cool, cool. Well, uh, right after we uh, recorded last week, I saw Brightburn. Um, ah, yes, yes. It is not good. Not good. Uh, it has a lot of promising aspects to it, which I kind of wish 
they focused more on. Yeah. And I really wish they cast a different kid because that kid was <laughs> not good. Um, uh, it's uh, for me, of course, that um, obviously that topic, like just an evil Superman, is is a it's like a crazy thing, and yeah. we would love to see it, or I would love to see it, yeah. on on the screen, and it just was not adapted well. Yeah, I, I feel like they. Uh, I, I'm glad that they took the risk, um, mm-hmm. and I, I hope that more comes out of it from this but it really just left a lot to be desired and but th- there was a few things in there that did impress me um but yeah overall i, I could take it or leave it honestly yeah. i mean it was, uh, it was severely brutal it was a very brutal movie very yeah. unexpected to be honest yeah and uh apparently it was a small budget film so like yeah it, i'm actually was... listening to a podcast currently with uh, the director of it uh Budget was seven million dollars. So, uh, and like all, all those, all the CGI and the gruesome scenes were really impressive for, for that kind of budget too. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, but yeah, other than that, the, uh, the script was. Yeah, it was just a really bad script. The second movie I saw, I also saw, I saw it right after *Brightburn*. Uh, was *Booksmart*, uh, which is directed by Olivia Wilde and stars um, Beanie Feldstein, Caitlin Dever, uh, Jason Sudeikis. Will Forte, a whole a whole bunch of people. It's essentially just a story of these two like book smart uh, high school students who are about to graduate, and they realize that they haven't gone to any parties all their high school. So it's just them trying to go to a party, and it's really fucking good. I really it? enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, but surprised to be honest. I, I it's it's one of the best movies I've seen this year. Um. And I highly suggest it to anyone uh, who wants to see it. Got it. And who doesn't want to see it. Even, like, if you don't want to see it, you should still go see it, because it's really good. Uh, Then I saw Godzilla, King of the Monsters, which we'll get into. And then I just saw, right before we recorded this, Ma. um, starring the Octavia Spencer? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, I almost walked out of it, (laughs) because the first half is really bad. And then it gets pretty good at the second half. So, overall, it is very meh. Um, but like I, the, the beginning half is so bad and you can tell that it's a middle-aged man writing for a bunch of teenagers. Yeah. Uh, and it's just unrealistic, (laughs) bad acting, bad writing all around. And then it does legitimately get pretty good. Uh, Octavia Spencer is good the entire time. Um, so sounds about right. Yeah. None of that's on her, but, uh, it's, it's like night and day, the first half and the second half. (laughs) It it was a weird to say the least for that. Um, but yeah, I I would, I mean, if you still want to see it, I'd probably suggest, you know, just waiting till it's on Netflix or something. Or, uh, if you can see it for free, see it for free. I wouldn't spend your money though. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's uh let's get into it, shall we? Let's get into good time. Next? You're incredible, do you understand? Yeah. I'm serious. You think I could have done that without you standing next to me being strong? Are you feeling this? Are you feeling the I'm feeling right now? Yeah, I'm cold. You're cold? Yeah. Let's get to Virginia, man. Just keep your head now. Turn around. He's all right. We didn't do it. Whoa, whoa, Get back here. Turn So I told you about my brother, yeah? Something happened. I don't know exactly what. He's been arrested. He's being held at Rikers Island. Whoa. 
God, that's awful. Make me cool. Just gotta get him out of there before something bad happens. You could get killed in there. Good time. Oh man, where's my IMDb page for this? There it is. <laughs> Good time. Directors, uh, Benny Safdie and uh, Josh Safdie. Uh, written by uh, Ronald Bronstein and Josh Safdie, stars Robert Pattinson, Benny Safdie, and Jennifer Jason Lee. After a botched bank robbery lands his younger brother in prison, Connie Nikas uh, embarks on a twisted odyssey through New York City's underworld to get his brother Nick out of jail. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sounds about right. It is. Um, the was this your first time seeing it? It was my first time. Well, then I'll let you start. What'd you uh, What'd you think of it? I thought this was a really, really well done movie. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> like, um, oh man the the performances in this movie, just the directing and like everything in this movie for me mm-hmm. was fantastic. Like there wasn't really a flaw that I had with this movie to say the least, other than a little weird scene. With a Robert Pattinson making out with a sixteen-year-old, but you know that's, yeah. that's night and day. Yeah. <laughs> Other than that, um, I, I fucking love this movie. To to the movie's defense, it makes sense for his yeah, because it kind of happens in the scene where his mugshot is on the news while they're watching it, and uh, he doesn't want her to call the police, so he tries to distract her by mm-hmm. kissing her. Um, and yeah, it is weird. It makes it's sense weird, in the it's, moment. It's absolutely understandable. But yeah, I, I also think it was meant to be weird, and you know, I think it so was it's just not a flaw. It just creeped me out. <laughs> yeah, I think it was just a a guy who's doing anything to not go to jail mm-hmm. uh, by doing something that would probably throw him in jail. Yeah. Um. But it's uh, yeah, it stops right before it gets too far. Thank yeah. God. Um, I thought Benny Safdie, who played Nick Nikas. Mm-hmm. was fantastic and he's also oh, one of yeah. the directors um and uh brother with the other director he uh plays a, a mentally challenged guy who's essentially manipulated by his brother to commit this robbery and the opening scene with him where he's with his therapist who's asking a bunch of questions is just phenomenal mm-hmm. i i thought it was fantastic and one thing that these directors did um they cast real people as uh you know the people like the uh in the bonds the bonds lawyer the um the guy that robert pattinson's character keeps trying to give money to he's actually like a uh a lawyer who's a uh, bail bondsman um and they had to actually cast a uh an actor to be in that part and then when they had to do reshoots the, the guy wasn't there so they reshot the entire scene with the actual bail bondsman um that's actually pretty cool. Yeah. I believe that Peter, the psychiatrist, is actually a psychiatrist as well. Um, yeah, because he doesn't have an IMDb photo. Yeah, and he, this is the only movie he, he has done. So I'm fairly certain that he's actually just a psychiatrist and they just had him, you know, kind of go through his uh, his motions. And the actor who plays Ray, he is an actor, but his name is Buddy Duress. He actually... He, uh, also had just gotten out of jail when they were shooting this. Hmm. So they just had a whole bunch of uh, like real characters in yeah, so situations they, that they've so they been had in like before. a solid six to seven actual actors in this movie and then the rest were just like, hey, we're real life people. Yeah, exactly. And, and it really adds to the realism for it too. Like mm-hmm. uh, the cops that chase them 
after the robbery, those were real cops. Hmm. Um, those were actually the cops that they hired for security the day that they were shooting that scene. Whoa. So, <laughs> so yeah, they, it's just, uh, you know, it, it's just that little, those little touches really add to all of the uh, realism of it. Yeah, man, that's actually a lot of information. That's yeah, a lot. I, I watched the behind-the-scenes thing right after I watched <laughs> the film, so... Um, yeah, Barkhad Abdi, who plays the security guard, he's, uh, you know, most people know him from Captain Phillips, the I'm the Captain Now guy. I'm the Captain Now. Um, he, I'm just so glad that he keeps getting work, because he's a legitimately good actor. Yeah. When you have those breakout performances like Captain Phillips, it's always one of, the, like, they're either going to never do anything again and just, like, live in poverty the rest of their life, or just continue going with it. Yeah, even if it's so, a small role like this one, like, at least he's still getting work, it's good. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, I mean, he's still, he's, uh... He's done a bunch of other things since this. He's in Blade Runner 2049, mm-hmm. uh, Extraordinary Journey of the Fakir, uh, uh, Castle Rock, the, the uh, Stephen King... Is that the Stephen King TV show, or am I mixing that up? I want to say yes, but... Okay. Um, you know me. But yeah, he's he's gotten a lot of good good roles, and you know I'm just happy to see that he's still working mm-hmm. um, after all the hype around Captain Phillips. I, uh... So I really, I really enjoyed uh, Robert Pattinson's character mm-hmm. overall because he was. You could tell that he actually cared about his brother. Yeah. Obviously, this whole excursion of a movie is dead giveaway that he cares about his brother, but also, just, just how well written he is and like how well, like his brain runs when he's in like serious situations and stuff like that and just like how quick thinking he is and how manipulative or manipulative he is with everyone around him it's it's man, he's such a well-written character and just yeah. the movie period is so well written yeah definitely and and uh watching the uh behind the scenes documentary too um they have this thing where uh they they were talking about how he uh he doesn't think of himself as a bad person mm-hmm. and you kind of see that in a way Th- they were talking about how they, they never outwardly say it but they hinted at the fact that he is a uh, just out of prison as well um the, the term good time is actually like a prison term for getting out early because you of good behavior hmm. um so they su- said that even though they don't say it outwardly that's his character his character's out for good time and he's really just trying to run away with his brother which is why they robbed the bank in the first place yeah. um and the way he interacts with ray the other guy who's out on good time for good behavior um and and just you could tell he just thinks he's better than than ray uh really shows that he doesn't even though he's in the same position more or less as ray he doesn't consider himself as lowly as him um and, and it really just all kind of crescendos to this end scene where he's running from the cops, gets arrested, and you kind of see while he's sitting in the back of the car uh, that he he realized that like he's in this position because of him and only him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and even though nothing is said in that final shot, like the the way he looks, the way he's just kind of glances off and then eventually looks into the camera, just says it all. Yeah, that that scene right there, that uh, him looking into the camera, no, that that was a powerful looking scene. Man. Yeah, absolutely. And, and um, I I can't get over how good uh, Benny Safdie is in this, because um, you know before I knew it was the director playing him, I just thought like it was kind of like the rest of the cast where they just got real people 
to play them, and, and he just completely transformed. I saw interviews with him. His voice is like three octaves higher <laughs> than, it, than it is in the movie. Um, I mean, a lot of it is just that he grew his hair out and grew a beard and isn't clean shaven. But like the, the the voice work he does really like adds to the transformation of the entire thing. And and I I thought he did a fantastic job. No, oh, yeah, he absolutely crushed it. Um, yeah, and expect, he was only in the movie for like maybe maybe ten minutes. And yeah. he, regardless, he still he made a huge impact because, um, just his scenes alone really it's like he he was just in therapy, and then his brother bailed him out of it, and then they started doing bad things because mm-hmm. of Connie, but then they ended up bringing him right back into the therapy sessions, and that was that was really cool to yeah. see him like if he was on his own without Connie, that he would have been fine. Definitely not saying that Connie like had any bad like motivation behind it. He obviously looking out for his brother, but if Connie didn't mess with that, he would have been fine regardless. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that they just continued to show that scene where he's back in therapy throughout the credits. Uh, you know where they're playing that game mm-hmm. where they they say cross a statement, yeah, and they cross the room. And for like the first three or four statements, you're wondering if he's going to participate at all. And then when he finally does participate, it's just it's like, for lack of a better phrase, it's like a weight lifted off your shoulders. Yeah. It's just you're you're happy for him. You know he he's in the right place at that time, and you know it, it takes away any worries you had about him. Um, yeah, it's just a really compelling study of like brotherhood and and friendships and mm-hmm. you know even even how Robert Pattinson thinks he's better than uh his brother Nick's better than all of the other people in that therapy uh that mental institution um like just walking by he says you think you belong here and and it's yeah it's it's just so powerful in such like small ways yeah man Picked, I picked an excellent movie. You I'm did pick pat, an excellent pat movie. Pat my back, and no, uh, that it just it even makes me like happier. Just to now that I've actually seen this movie, I'm definitely because they finally did confirm that he will be playing uh, Bruce Wayne, or yeah. we don't know Batman. So after watching this, I plan on seeing a couple more of his movies. I definitely knew he was a better actor than Twilight. Yeah, definitely. Anytime so, I see someone complaining about that, I, I make an effort to point out why they're wrong yeah and i usually tell them to watch good time <laughs> yeah because like, I, I know he's he was fantastic in, what was it the rover the rover that's that is a um that movie's okay overall but he's really good in yeah, it. yeah so, um like the only there's only a few i've actually watched with him in it uh water for elephants was one of them so that's not really a huge comparison yeah at least to um, this movie the lost city of z the lost city of z is, is pretty good yeah uh He's in the childhood of a leader, um, which the movie again is overall n- not that great. But he's he's really good in it. That that's like the recurring theme, really. Is like all the movies of, oh, that he's in that he I don't in, really he care for. Remember me? I actually really liked Remember Me. I never saw it. Um, that's the one that like ends with nine eleven, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I, I only know that because I worked at a theater when it came out. But uh, like the recurring theme are the movies that he's in that I don't like. I usually at least like him, mm-hmm. um, and then or or I just like the movie overall. But he's he's always like a consistent factor uh, with his roles. Yeah, man. So I'm I'm super happy with that pick. Uh, yeah, I don't have too much to say about it. It's pretty. It's a. I, I will say that this story is 
all over the place. It's a crazy journey. Like mm-hmm. there's just this dude's one night, and it 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 flows so well too. Yeah. Like it's it's hectic. The whole thing's hectic, but the way it flows in its hectancy, it's not even a word, but I'm using it. Is <laughs> it's just awesome. Yeah. Another ten grand. You get another ten grand. Your brother will get out. The truth is an act of love. I think something very important is happening, and it's deeply connected to my purpose. Every day I think about untwisting and untangling these strings I'm in, and to lead a pure life. Look ahead in a clear sky. I ain't gonna get there. It's a nice dream. It's a nice dream. So let's get into Eagle versus Shark. Hey, fool! Sucker. You foolish, foolish sucker. Bit of what? Hello? Hello, is Eric there, please? Welcome to Maisie Boy. It's an invitation to my party. You get to dress as your favorite animal. Cool. Do you want a kiss? Yeah. I brought you here today to ask you a very special question. Lily, will you be my girlfriend? Yes. Yes, I will. Awesome. I need to go home. What do you have to do? Kill a man. He's going to be home soon. Guess who's going to be forming the welcoming party? You? You got it, girl. What did he do? Him and some of the other guys from school used to gang up on me. I used to be a bit of a nerd. Written by Taika Waititi, based on the story by Lauren Taylor and Taika Waititi, and directed by Taika Waititi, starring Lauren Tail- Taylor, uh, Jermaine Clement, Joel Tobeck, and Brian Sargent, Eagle vs. Shark uh, is the tale of two socially awkward misfits and the strange ways they try to find love through revenge on high school bullies, burgers, and video games. Um, yeah, this is Taika, Taika Waititi's first uh, feature film. Uh, made in New Zealand and released in 2007. And um, I had seen it before, as we discussed in the last podcast, but I didn't really remember much of it. And I really enjoyed rewatching it because uh, I think I was more appreciative appreciative of it this time around. Um, and I, I I laughed at like so hard at parts too. It was it was really funny, uh, way funnier than I remember it being. Uh. I'm actually going to let you talk about this one a lot more. Okay. Because uh, I enjoyed it. I'm not going to say I didn't. Uh, it's just really hard, like, uh, Hunt for the Wilder People. It's really hard for me to talk about most of Taika's uh, movies. Yeah, he's definitely got, like, a, a very unique style. And, um, yeah, I, I, jo- I enjoy them. It's just not, like, to a point where I talk about them a lot. Yeah. Which 
which sucks for you know a podcast <laughs> <laughs> um well i think a lot of it is just gonna be me talking about the style of it because the story overall is fairly simple you know the, these two uh these two people who are super awkward and in love and i i just think while i was watching it just kind of reminds me of a wes anderson film in a way um but way more awkward yeah <laughs> uh but it, you know they have those those straight on uh very well centered shots and everything and and um the there was a lot more comedy, like I said, this time around than, than I remember there being, uh, for instance, when they first revealed Jermaine Clement. Um, so it, it essentially opens up with Lauren Taylor just kind of psyching herself up in the mirror, uh, practicing asking him out. Um, asking or, her out. <laughs> yeah, asking her out. Like, imaginary having him ask her out. <laughs> and uh, then when they reveal him, it starts off really blurred. And then he, when he walks into focus, he's just got, like, this ridiculous mullet. Uh, and you know, you, you've seen, if you've seen Jermaine Clement, you know how he looks, but imagine that with like a mullet. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, it's just a really hilarious reveal. Um, and as all, as is always with Taika Waititi's things, there's these really, in my opinion, at least smart, funny moments. Uh, like when she's waiting for him outside the Cinemasaurus Rex. <laughs> <laughs> which I would kill to have a movie theater that was dinosaur themed in my area that the entrance was a T-Rex. Um, she's waiting for him out there and there's teeth on the ground to the entryway and you see people stepping over the teeth and then you just see this person running in and just tripping over just the eats teeth. Ass. Just eats it and, and it's just, it's it's so funny. And <laughs> there they, is, I, I will say that it did have a lot of moments where it made me laugh a lot, like especially that one where like, they you just know that's a health hazard oh yeah and it would yeah. never fly but in taika's world it it works and it's hilarious yeah and yeah. in, in the real world it's a lawsuit waiting to happen yeah but um and you can even tell that it was just kind of for the movie because the teeth on the the rest of it were different from the teeth that were cemented into the ground <laughs> um but i i just thought it was a it's just it was a really funny moment, and I'm so glad that it was in there. Um, yeah, he had a bunch of like uh, businesses and things, brands, whatever, like the Meaty Boys instead of McDonald's. Yeah, called it Meaty Boys. I don't. I really <laughs> doubt that's a, a real restaurant, but it might. It Meaty may, Boys. Who knows? New Zealand is is a <laughs> another world in a good way. It really is. Um, but um, so, so like it had a lot of moments where like especially businesses like where. Obviously, they're made up, and it made me laugh. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think Jermaine uh, and Lauren's performances in this were, were fantastic. Mm -hmm. They both were super awkward. Um, a lot of the thing when when I watch a movie with people who are awkward, I cringe a lot and can't like I have to like take moments to just listen and not watch it. <laughs> but in this, I, I I didn't feel that way. I was able to watch them the whole time. Uh, even though, you know, some things they did were cringy. It just kind of felt like two, like, 12-year-old kids who had crushes on each other. Yeah. Where, like... Except they're, like, 29. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 he's, like, exaggerating everything about his life. Um, <laughs> to the point where he says something where he's he's talking about being depressed and it just makes him act out sometimes. And he just, like, hits the, the, the 
cake box. Yeah, the and cake just box. Like, Why am I so complex? <laughs> 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 it's just really dumb, but. And it really works because it's Jermaine saying that. Yeah, yeah. It's, just, it's obvious just, that he's not a douchebag. He's just yeah, kind of an idiot. It's and, him, period, in any movie is just fantastic, especially yeah. anything with Taika involved. Yeah, and uh, it, it's it's just such a fun movie um, where, you know, it's emotionally compelling, too, where you really do, at some point, Jermaine... Clement's character breaks up with Lauren, and you really kind of do feel for her, especially because you know that he's kind of self-centric and everything. And mm-hmm. uh, it all culminates to this fight with his bully. But when his bully arrives, he's in a wheelchair, <laughs> and then they have this moment where he's building up, and you think he's going to forgive the bully, but then he just starts beating the shit out beating of him with nuts. some nunchucks. <laughs> <laughs> I lost it when that happened. I, I thought that was such. I don't remember that at all. And I'm really glad I forgot it because it was it was fun to see it. And it's like, why are you telling me to fuck off? Because you're hitting me with dumb chucks. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's a very quotable movie too. I will it say is, that it is very very quotable. Um, I think the only flaw that I have with it is that there's really no incentive for Lily, uh, played by Lauren Taylor, to get back with Jared, who is Jermaine Clement. Mm-hmm. Um, but she does anyway. Um, that's really the only flaw I have with it, but uh, you know, there was it's... there was something that I really enjoyed about this movie that kind of ha- I can't I can't for the life of me remember what it was that something in the beginning of this movie happened and it kind of came full circle to the end of the movie and and it's gonna bother the living hell out of me if I don't remember it before the end of this podcast. But it, it was wasn't really the, nice. The apples wasn't no, it wasn't okay. I mean that did too, but that that wasn't yeah. the main thing I was getting at. I'm trying to think for you. Um, was it his brother dying in a fire? But really, he committed suicide? I'm very upset with myself. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm th- upset with you, I'm, too. I think I'm a professional podcaster. I can't even talk about movies. This is why you write notes, damn it. Yeah, seriously. I need you to, write notes. I guess I need to start up again. Yeah, I mean, you don't need to write a whole bunch of... I write, like, five notes a movie. Um, that's, that's it, but... uh. It's it's always fun to see Taika uh, uh, cameo in his own stuff. Oh, yeah. Like, I yeah. was waiting for a way to find him to do that, and then he had yeah. pictures. Usually he gives himself the funniest role, too, yeah. but in, in this he's just like... It was uh, a very serious one. Yeah, and um, but it just kind of... I, I just kind of nod to his other cameos when he plays the, the priest in uh, Hunt for the Wilder People. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. That's like the funniest scene in the entire movie. Um but yeah, I mean, I don't have too much more to say about this. It's a really fun, quirky, like dumb but also smart comedy. Like, like yeah. the people in it are dumb, but the but the writing of it is smart. If that makes sense. Yeah, especially for a first time full feature. Yeah, it was really good. How many boyfriends have you had? Three. How many girlfriends have you had? That's irrelevant. I have two things to say. One. I'm leaving tomorrow. Two, that could change. Your favorite animal is a shark? Yep. I almost came as a shark, actually, but then I realized that an eagle's slightly better. Do you want to leave a message for him? Tell him. That justice 
is waiting for him. Okay, Justin. Thank you. Bye-bye. No, justice. Justice. To Godzilla. To Godzilla. What we are witnessing here is the return of Titans. How many of these things are there? 17 and counting. That's messed up. <laughs> Mothra. Rodan. Kidora. Oh my. They're moving like a pack. They're hunting. They all respond directly to an alpha. We stop this Kidora. We stop them all. Is there another creature that might stand a chance against him? Godzilla, King of Monsters, uh, directed by Michael Doherty, uh, written by Michael Doherty, screenplay by Zach Shields and a couple other people, stars Kyle Chandler, Vera Farmiga, uh, Millie Bobby Brown, uh, freaking Charles Dance, and, you know, uh, Ken Watanabe, and a bunch of other people. There's actually a lot of people in this movie. Yeah. Bradley Whitford. I know you want me to say that one, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Bradley Whitford. Mm-hmm. Uh, did we talk about... Let me talk about the... Uh... The synopsis here. Okay. The cryptozoo <laughs> is that is that really the synopsis? The cryptozoological zoological agency monarch. Wow, that hurts my head a little bit to think about. I mean, it's a made-up word, I think. The cryptozoological agency monarch faces off against the battery of gods. <laughs> gods. Can you read the synopsis? I'm gonna have yes. a fucking stroke. The, the cryptozoological agency monarch faces off against the battery of god-sized monsters, including the mighty Godzilla, who collides with Mothra, Rodan, and his ultimate nemesis, the three-headed King Ghidorah. It wasn't that hard, Glenn. Just think about it. But come on, you dingus. I'm still dying of a stroke over here. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm curious what you thought about this movie. We were both amped for this movie. We were. Godzilla is my uh, kryptonite. Um, Mm -hmm. I will... I mean, a lot of people think that I don't like dumb popcorn movies. I do, uh, but not when they kind of follow the same formula, um, except for Godzilla, because Godzilla does follow the same formula. (laughs) Um, So I, I just like monsters beating up on each other. And, you know, I grew up with Godzilla, so I, I, it's kind of got like a soft spot in my heart. Um, I overall enjoyed it. Uh, I think it lacked in a lot of the suspense that the first one had. Um, the first, the, the first of the, this series of, of Godzilla movies, mm-hmm. which came out in 2014 with, um, uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson and Elizabeth, uh, Olsen. Olsen. Um, and a bunch of other people, and um, don't forget the Brian Cranston's. Brian Cranston's. I can't. I can't forget the Brian Cranston's. Uh, I thought that was better visually, sound design wise, uh, and story wise. But that being said, giant monsters fighting giant monsters is all I really need to really enjoy <laughs> a, enjoy a Godzilla movie. And that had this had a lot of that. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, I was a little disappointed, but overall, I did really uh, enjoy it. I saw it twice already, but did uh, you? <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I was planning to see it with uh, my friends Danny Allen and Joe, but they couldn't do it Thursday, and I was not about to wait to do it Those for the bastards. first time. Yeah, so I um, saw it Thursday, and then I saw it again with them on Saturday. Yeah, I saw it uh, yesterday morning, which would be Saturday for anybody listening. Um, and I, I, I don't think I went into this with my expectations high. Like, I, I went into it knowing that it was most likely going to be just a giant monster movie. Yeah. Which it was. Um, but I'm very happy that they put more monster time into it. I am very, however, unhappy with the script the story, the characters, and everybody's motivations in the movie. I'd agree. Um, that, and what took me away from the monster parts, which again, I'm happy for the monster parts, what took me away from it is the fact that they keep doing this human perspective of the monster fights instead of just giving us like a perspective anywhere else monster fight thing. Just like S- scenes of monsters fighting, not like yeah. through the person's eyes really well, see not. in my opinion uh while i agree with you about the overall story of the humans mm-hmm. i feel having the humans as a scale marker no, no really no, no. adds to the scope I don't, I don't mean like okay i think i worded it a little, little bit terribly so scale wise yes absolutely but i want them but i think they did it too much in this movie okay i got so you. like where like yes like like there's one scene in uh, the 2014 uh, Godzilla movie where, like, there's a dog on the beach barking and then, like, fucking Godzilla comes out of the water and shit and he's seven buildings high. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. But, like, this movie, like, you get that perspective for a good bunch of the movie, like, always, instead of, like, usually panning out more instead of just, like, seeing the monsters fighting. Like, it'll either be from, like, a helicopter point of view or, like... I just want like free area. You know what I'm saying? No, yeah, I, I definitely understand. Because um, one of the best things about the last one was that they did that, but they did that um, sparingly. So when it happened, it was just like, oh my god, these mm-hmm. things are huge. Like they they showed you the, enough of the monster fight, and then just when you forgot just how big they were, yeah, they got down to a human level Mm -hmm. um and this version had a few shots in it that i thought were fantastic um like when Ghidorah like had his wing uh had their wings spread out completely and all the lightning was hitting them yeah those those were amazing yeah those those shots were great um i just don't think i think it would have been more compelling if the human story was more interesting than this um like I don't think it would have been as noticeable that they kept cutting to that if that were the case. Um, the only human story in this who was compelling was Ken Watanabe, um, when you know he sees his friend uh, played by uh, Sally Hawkins. Um, he sees her die and then you know decides to sacrifice himself by uh, going into. Godzilla's lair and setting off a nuke to give him some radiation mm-hmm. food. <laughs> that scene I thought was really powerful, but then overall, 
I agree that like the the family dynamic between Vera Farmiga, Kyle Chandler, and Millie Bobby Brown was just kind of like, okay, we get it. Okay, Let's, so yeah, wh- who <sighs> and there's I've seen a lot of reviews for this movie, like after I watched it because it, it kind of to an extent pissed me off. I've seen a lot where they're like, you kind of just you gotta ignore the side human stories. I'm like, you can make a good monster movie and still have good human character movies. Mm-hmm. Maybe we haven't had that evidence true enough, but we've had Brian Cranston's character in the last one before they were like, now nah, we're just gonna kill him. Like his his stuff was really compelling. Like you can make both, but there's people reviewing the movie like yeah you got to turn your brain off for these type of movies no I, especially I, I just want a really good Godzilla movie you know mm-hmm. and the, all the characters except for Ken Watanabe's character in this movie just pissed me off yeah I, I uh, yeah I, I kind of agree um, I did think Bradley Whitford was a nice he was he was funny he I was funny yeah. uh, he was like the uh, comedic relief but yeah, I mean, there wasn't enough of a strong... Uh, Kyle Chandler did a pretty good job, but also because you never really saw him with Vera Farmiga or Millie Bobby Brown, you often forgot that they were related. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when they were talking about it, like, oh yeah, they're related. He just kind of seemed like some angry scientist guy. I'll, I'll um, also say that, like, the performances. I like the performances. It was always just the characters and their flaws and their stories that were always just the shit pile for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I got I got nothing about that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was kind of weird because um, the, the director of this also directed Krampus, which was his last movie, <laughs> which I thought the character dynamics in that was really good. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know where it fell through or, you know, what happened to take away from that, but he, he definitely kind of lacked on, on that with this. I don't know if he had, like, a longer cut and had to cut out a bunch of stuff mm-hmm. because of the producers or what have you. It's just one of those things that I don't think we'll ever know why or what went wrong, but something definitely went wrong. Yeah, I mean, overall, it was an enjoyable movie. Obviously, you're watching this movie to watch monsters fight. I would just yeah. wish stuff made more sense and characters made more sense when doing things. That's all I'd ask. Yeah. But, I mean, it's not too much to ask, I don't think. No. And I don't I, like I, to be I, yelled at to turn my brain off. I hate yeah. that shit. I, I really do, too. Like I, When people say, oh, you got to turn your brain off, it's like, why? Why do I have to turn my brain off to enjoy a movie? Mm-hmm. Like, it's not a good movie if I have to turn my brain off. It, like, it makes you enjoy the 2014 Godzilla much more because you didn't have to turn your brain off for that movie. Yeah, like, I mean, while the... I mean, after Brian Cranston died, I felt like the, the human story lacked. But, I mean, the, the dynamic between Elizabeth Olsen and Aaron Taylor Johnson was enough to make you want to get home. Yeah. Um, now imagine if they didn't, him to get home rather imagine if they didn't kill off Brian Cranston and like maybe they they like awayed with his character in the 2014 mm-hmm. and then brought him back into this movie yeah. because they needed him for something because of the like radiation things or something like that yeah that would have been awesome I would have loved to see that I, I I really wish that they more just focused on Ken Watanabe's character. Like, who cares yeah. if he's a Japanese actor? Like, people enough people know him to want to follow him around. Like, yeah. it, it's he was definitely him and uh, um, uh, Sally Hawkins were definitely the most compelling characters of this. And that's just it's partially because you remember them from the first one. 
Yeah. But also just because, like, they, they had more development in their characters. Like, Ken Watanabe had that pocket watch that he kept pulling out, which which I remembered uh, was his grandfather's, who was in uh, either Hiroshima or Nagasaki. I can't remember which one he was in. But that's what that was from, which kind of... He 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 uh, looks at it again right before he sets off the nuke while trying to save his friends and revive Godzilla, uh, and I thought that was a really powerful moment to show like the reason Godzilla exists, both in the in the real world and in the cinematic universe, is because of uh, you know nuclear war. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they say countless times that the the nuclear testing is what woke him up, and. I, I, I that was just a, a I really in my opinion too subtle of a nod like I remembered it but I know a lot of people probably wouldn't remember that yeah um, about- uh, I was his whole the ending with uh, him and Godzilla was was really impactful it was really cool yeah um, just his goodbye to Godzilla and obviously himself at that point mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then. The only problem, like, I had for him was in the beginning of the movie when him and Kyle Chandler have, like, this, like, Kyle Chandler's bossing him around. Like, he, uh, when, uh, when Godzilla's in the water outside the the oil tanker. Yeah. He's like, Kyle Chandler's like, oh, open the blast doors. And Ken Watanabe's just looking around like a, what? Yeah. I, I really feel, I, I just, more than anything, I wish that we didn't live in a world where they had to have... American actors lead an American movie like mm-hmm. the, the fact that people think I mean I'm sure they're true for like the Bible Belt <laughs> yeah. and and like people who aren't interested in the rest of the world but the vast majority of Americans in my experience care about the rest of the world and are completely fine with following a character that is not American yeah I would have um, loved to stick around with Ken Watanabe I mean I love Kyle Chandler but like, yeah. it again it all revolves around character development and shit like that and Vera Farmiga or Kyle Chandler or Millie Bobby Brown didn't have mm-hmm. enough of that to, for me to care yeah I agree um, if I could rewrite this I would have it focus more on Ken Watanabe and Sally Hawkins not have Sally Hawkins die 30 minutes in or whenever she died yeah it wasn't then, really impactful at all either. it wasn't it wasn't I feel she, like they should have had her live and her be the person saying goodbye to him to ken watanabe and then her kind of taking the lead from there moving on yeah um uh so i mean kind of wrap this up i I really loved all the looks of the monsters we only got to see about uh eight of them maybe and they said there's 17 total which that's awesome because that means we got a whole lot to look forward to. We didn't even see Kong at all, and yeah. that's where we're going uh, next. <laughs> to Kong. I'm pretty sure that comes out next year, doesn't it? I fucking hope so. <laughs> yeah. Our planet will perish, and so will we. Unless we set Godzilla free. Oh, yeah, sure. Let's bring him in for a beer. No, this time we join the fight. Run.
This is Godzilla's world. We just live in it. Damn right. Let's get into the judgment. Let's start with yours. Good time. Good time. I'm not even gonna not even gonna tease you along on this. I'm gonna put good time on the shelf. Woo! Me too. Yippee. I, I just think it's a really fantastic movie and more people should watch it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eagle versus Shark. Um, yeah, I kind of said everything I, I have to. It's really funny, really sweet, really w- uh, well written. So I'm going to say it also deserves to be on the shelf. Sorry, buddy. It's a no for you? It's a, I enjoyed the movie a lot. Uh, probably like uh, like with you what or what you did. If I watched it again at some point in my future, I might... Uh, I might like it a lot more, but I thought it, it was a funny movie, just not enough for me to lose my brick shits about it. <laughs> I gotcha. Uh, eh, we keep talking, I, I keep bringing up the fact we might have a, uh, you know, a look back episode yeah. where we kind of go through them, so maybe then. Maybe. Um, but yeah, so I guess that brings us to Godzilla. Uh, I'm Godzilla. going to say no. Godzilla no. as a whole is a shelf boy, but this yeah. one, not so much. God- Godzilla action figure, sure. Godzilla shelf boy? No. Yeah. No. No. All right. So Good Time makes it onto the shelf. Eagle versus Shark and Godzilla King of the Monsters do not make it on the shelf. I'm Uh, kind of impressed that we've at least been almost getting a shelf boy an episode. Yeah. It's kind of freaky. Yeah. It's kind of freaky. Making me wonder if we're too easy on movies. But, uh, you know, it's whatever. Um, So before we get into next week's movies, next week we will be taking a break. Uh... I got the premiere of my movie next weekend, and got we'll have other things on my mind. So we're going to take a break for, for next week. But the following week, which will be the 17th, we will have another episode for you. Uh, and for that, my movie is available on Netflix, uh, Netflix Monsters. It is starring Hugo Weaving, Tony Martin, Aaron Jeffrey, and Paul Sankila, uh, written by Craig Monahan and Gordon Davey and directed by Craig Monahan and Dave, uh, Craig Monahan. It is The Interview, uh, an Australian movie from 1998, which tells the story of a duel between a suspected murderer and a detective pressed by people who want results, but whose skin is really wanted. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I this is uh, one of the obnoxious trailers that was... <laughs> playing at the top of netflix when i went into there but it, it actually looks pretty good and uh you know a young hugo weaving pre-matrix uh is interesting to me pre, so uh, lord of the rings too pre lord of the rings yeah um pretty much just when he was famous in australia not anywhere else uh so yeah that is the interview and again it is available on netflix all right so for me I asked Mike if I could do this. We're going to change it up a little bit. And mine's not going to be a film, so Keystone Film Review. Just throw that out the window. We're not doing it. The window. That's what I said. The window. Um, We are actually going to watch a show on HBO. So anybody who decided after they were done watching Game of Thrones to cancel their subscription, I guess you're not following us into this review. Good. (laughs) See you later. Uh, Mike, I know you still have it because your wife, so... Well, you're, you're stuck on. with it. Did you cancel HBO after Caitlin? Caitlin, <laughs> did you did you cancel did you cancel HBO already? No. Okay, we still got HBO. <laughs> you're stuck with it. The he's we're picking a mini series for next week that's on HBO. Yeah. 
All right. So, yeah, we're good. So. <laughs> was that her talking still? Yeah, she said uh, that it disturbed the peanut for a question. Oh, I'm sorry, peanut. No. He says so right. sorry. So, for the miniseries, we are picking a, a show that is getting fantastic reviews mm-hmm. called Chernobyl. Ooh. Yeah, I was talking to my friend about that the other day. Uh, I have not watched it yet, but uh, mm-hmm. I'm always interested in Chernobyl. Um, so it's four episodes. I believe each one is maybe an hour and a half long. So for the most part, it's kind of like we're watching movies. Uh, so it'll be nice. I don't know too much about the whole thing with Chernobyl. I know it was a sh- fucking disaster. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I just know that I would love to visit it one day. Yeah. So I want to jump into that. So we okay. got two weeks to prep for it. That's two basically weeks. five movies. Jesus. Okay. I think, I think we could do that. Yeah. Created by uh, Craig Mazin, stars Jared Harris, Stellan Skarsgård, Jesse Buckley. Uh, I'm sure there's a bunch of people in there. Who's that kid from uh, Killing of a Sacred Deer? He's in there. There's a lot of people in the show. There's a lot of names. But yeah, I'm well. I'm excited about that. Uh, our first TV show on KFR. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess Which I'll say the synops- synopsis. I completely yeah. scanned over that. In April 1986, an explosion at the Chernobyl nuclear power plant in the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics becomes one of the world's worst man-made catastrophes. Mm. Right next to me being born. All right. Oh, oh, <laughs> snap. Jesus how are Christ. you going to how are you going to survive that burn? I don't. That's the end conclusion. Oh no. Oh man. I was looking for my uh, air horn app, but apparently I've deleted it. <laughs> oh my god. And that whole scenario. Jesus. <laughs> That's the worst app in the world. <laughs> anyway, that'll do it for this week. You, as always, you can follow us on Instagram, Keystone underscore film underscore review. On Facebook, we are Keystone Film Review. On Letterboxd, I am Mike KFR. And I am Glenn KFR. And that will do it for next, or uh, June 17th. Until two weeks from now, two when weeks. we watch Chernobyl and the interview. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.